Let's see. We're going to get the call here. We're getting the right call. That's all that matters. After review, good goal. Good goal. After reviewing the play, the call on the ice stands. We got a goal. How's it going, Rangers and overall hockey fans? Thank you guys so much for chiming in to episode 62 of Rangers Review. Myself, Wardy, alongside Stopboy Steven. We got a lot of deep dive, folks. Unfortunately, we weren't able to do any breaking news live streams throughout the beginning of free agency for you here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. But we are going to be deep diving it all now on what the Rangers done so far in free agency, basically recapping it, even though that, yes, there are still more moves to come internally potentially some trades still leading up to the season but the rangers have already made a big impact on this team some things have changed some things maybe a little bit more surprising than others so we'll be deep diving everything from the Vinny trocheck big signing down to why the rangers prioritized him over the likes of ryan strome and andrew cop to an extent then we'll be giving a quick recap on what was the prospect camp development camp rather for the new york rangers and why that was important for them as they have already signed one other top prospects from this past year's draft along with getting into some latest news rumors, if there's anything going on in Rangerland that we haven't discussed pre- uh, recently. And to really uh, wrap things up, Steven is going to be deep diving everything that you need to know about the World Junior uh, Championships and previewing everything there is to know on that front. So a lot again, too. I'm very excited, though. Good day to talk some hockey, Steven. How are you today, my friend? Yeah, it's a good day. It's, uh, it's pretty warm for Irish standards, uh, 32 degrees. Well, that's Celsius, so uh, I don't know how much that is in. In, in Fahrenheit. I have no clue how the Celsius things go uh, at all. I mean, hold on. Hold I'm on. sorry. I, I'm not. I, I've genuinely oh, no yeah. idea. 90 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, so it's 90 for you. Yeah. Is that is that like common or uncommon in summer in Dublin? I have no clue. In, in Ireland, it's pretty uncommon. Uh, when I lived in Vienna, it usually got up to like 98 to 100 Fahrenheit. So, um. Because it's a high eight, it's a high eighty six for me in Pennsylvania today. Okay, okay. So yeah, I had an interesting day at work. Uh, I had some some issues with uh, you know uh, the cooling, uh, making sure all the devices are cooled properly. So, but all good, all good. Um, you know, I just handed that off, so I'm done for the day. Uh, ready to talk some hockey here. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, not just with what's been going on. Uh, in the summer, but especially when looking at the Rangers summer thus far, you know, last time we talked, Steven, we were talking about Evgeny Malkin. We're talking about Patrick Kane. We're talking about all these absurd things. Not that we thought there was a strong likelihood, but just because that was the talk of the town at the moment. And funny enough, literally hours later, that same day, Malkin signs a four year deal. Just wanted to get his four years like we all of us assumed. Um, Nazem Kadri, uh, Nazem Kadri is not a New York Rangers, something that we did discuss because it would have taken a lot of juggling for the Rangers to figure out how to make that happen. I know that they pursued him, but pursuing and landing, as we know, are two very different things. Um, but the big one, Stephen, and that is something that we briefly touched on in our last recording, but has always been a feasible fit for the Rangers and someone that I'm really excited by, not just because his first name is Vinny, but rather he's coming to New York. He gives the Rangers a balance at the center position. It does take a little bit to get him term-wise, and I want to know what your initial reactions is to this deal and why the Rangers prioritized him over some other center options that were currently on the club in Stroman Cop. The Rangers signed Vinny uh, Trocek to a seven-year deal 
over five mil AAV. If we look at the AAV as a uh, 5.625. 5.625. So I like the AAV. I don't think that's bad. The term definitely a little long for someone for Trocheck, but still at the age of 29, that'll get him to his 35, 36 year age season. So Steven, what's your initial reaction to that deal? I have a lot to say about him, but I, I want to hear your raw thoughts first. And then we'll get into Strom, Cop, where they landed, what their contracts look like as comparables and everything that you need to know about it. Yeah, um, so first of all, the interesting thing of Trocek replacing Strom is that they were born on the exact same day. Oh, this this is this is like this is honestly makes me believe everything is a simulation. Go, yeah. go into the numbers here, Stephen, on just how bizarre yeah. this. They were both born on July eleventh, nineteen ninety three. They were both drafted in twenty eleven. They both were number sixteen. They're both centers. They both scored twenty one goals last season, fifteen of which at even strength. Um, so yeah, the similarities uh, go a long way between between Strom and Trocheck. However, Strom didn't get five point six to five million. He got a five year, twenty five million dollar total deal from Anaheim, five million dollar cap cap hit for five years. Uh, Andrew Cobb in Detroit got a five year deal. He did get five point two five million. Uh, f- sorry, five point six to five million. Uh, so same contract as Trocheck, two years shorter. Uh, but I like the Trocek signing, and here's why. Trocek is offensively pretty much the same as Ryan Strom. But what he brings on top of that is what the Rangers have been sorely lacking. And people that have joined my Twitter spaces over the last six, seven months know this because Trocek is a name that I've mentioned many, many times. Um, Trocek is a guy that wins face-off. Trocek is a guy that you can use in the defensive zone. He, he plays the tough matchups that normally would fall on Zibanejad. So I would I would even expect more uh, a little bit of a, of a positive impact on Zibanejad's game as well. Because having Trocek to take those face-offs in your own zone, it frees up Zibanejad to take the face-offs in the offensive zone. Trocek and, just feels like the perfect balance in comparison to some others out there. What do you agree? Yes. Yeah. There, there were other players that, that were interesting. Some of them were already signed. So you would have to go out and trade for them. Like Pierre-Luc Dubois, JT Miller is a name that people mentioned. Mark Shifley is a name that, that was connected to the Rangers either by fans or, or there were actual talks. I don't know. But all things considered, I think going after Trocek, Yes, it is a bit hefty, 5.625. It might seem like a bit much, but it doesn't really bother me. The The cap hit is fine. The year, seven years might sound like a long contract, but when you go in-depth on how the contract is structured, I'm okay with it. It has a full no-move clause for only the first three years. Then it has a 12-team no-trade clause in year four, a 10-team no-trade clause in year five, and a six-team no-trade clause in years six and seven. So a guy like Trocek, you sign, and you hope to get out of the seven years, you hope to get five good years out of him. If in 2027 the Rangers want to move on, they can trade him to 25 teams without needing his permission. Uh, with the salary cap going up, that, that contract's going to look better in five years than it does now. Um, the Rangers will not be... Uh, will not be in trouble because of this contract. So I like the contract. I like Trocek. I really like what he brings to this team. And face-offs, man. People say that face-offs don't matter. I think they do. 
because it dictates the first couple of seconds of a shift. And if you have the puck, it's a lot easier to get into, into a rhythm. If you lose the faceoffs all the time and you have to go around chasing the puck, it kind of negates the reason why you're on the ice. If you put Sibanejad out on the ice for an offensive zone faceoff, or sorry, if you put Strom out on the ice for an offensive zone faceoff, you want Strom to win that faceoff because you have Panarin on the ice, you have Cobb on the ice, or Dryden Hunt, you know, for most of the <laughs> season. But uh, you have Panarin on the ice. You have probably Fox on the ice. You want to win that faceoff so you can set up in the offensive zone, put some pressure on. If you lose that faceoff, now you're chasing the puck. Now you have to skate back into your own zone. I think the faceoff is is more important than people make it out to be. And Trocek is really good at faceoffs. He sits really low when he takes faceoffs, so he's really difficult to get off the puck. Uh, I kind of like that. I also have to wonder what this does for Philip Hedl's game, because now he's going to go up against Trocek in practice every day. Talk talk about you know a positive influence. You know, good competition, yeah. right? This is not a negative about cracking the team or something this is you bring in a vet that has a career you know almost 53 percent on his face off dot and yeah. i just want to expand quickly because trochek is someone that i'm not going to lie i did not deep dive too much heading into free agency i know that he had a strong year with the canes you know he had 20 goals 50 plus points with a really deep canes team and of course had a strong playoff However, if you look at his numbers further, what really impresses me about Trocek is he's really had he's been pretty consistent in his career. I mean, he was a point per game player and only 47 games in 2020, 2021, and that's no fault to his own. 43 points in 47 games. And then 2019, 2020 had a down year in his final year with the Panthers, only 55 games. Again, 36 points, not bad. His career year broke out in 2017, 2018 for Florida when he had a more increased role prior to the Barkovs and the Huberdos of the world really blossoming as their next wave. That is the offense for the Panthers. He had 31 goals, 44 assists, 75 points that year. But Trocek is not just about the offense. It's one, he knows actually how to bury an open net. That's always a good thing. Two, he has the face-offs on his side, which is important. But three, he plays like a man that is meant for playoff hockey. And I know that's certainly something that Chris Drury and the entire front office has been trying to look for, which is exactly why they had interest in someone like Nazem Kadri. They just simply couldn't afford what Kadri's asking price would truly yeah. be. So it's our, Trocek is like, in my opinion, not far off from Kadri in the sense of what they bring with their element. He has a physicality to his game. He's not afraid to get in the nitty gritty in the corners. He's just a really balanced two-way centerman, which are something that we really haven't seen the Rangers have for an extended period of time. You know, you think of the Rangers center depth over the past decade, right? You think of the Brad Richards of the world, you know, more in the twilight of his career. You think of Derek Stepan, who was never able to get over that hump outside of being, you know, really a Ryan Strom, if I'm being quite honest with you. Stepan was a below 50% faceoff guy and was a guy that wasn't great in his own. He wasn't terrible, but he was nothing that was a game changer for you. Ryan Strom, in my opinion, was very much so like Derek Stepan, maybe a little bit more, more, more goal scoring in his game as he started out as Rangers tenure, but they have those similarities. And now I can honestly and happily say this feels like that this is the best top six center depth the Rangers have had in my lifetime. I, I don't really think I can view this and say that, oh, Richards and Stepan, even in their prime, was that better? I mean, Derek, yeah. Derek Broussard, let's keep Broussard in mind because I forgot about him for a hot second. Brass was awesome. I loved him with his goal scoring, doing a slap shot right in front of the goalie because why the hell not? I mean, he just, he was a stud during his prime for the Rangers, but when I think about all the elements that someone like Trocek brings to this team now, it doesn't just help out the balance of 
Kittle improving his game. It really helps out the guys around him where I'm honestly having a higher feeling of there being a great chemistry between Trocek and Panarin. And who knows who that right winner is going to be for him. Either it's going to be Kako or he might see Krasov because he's going to be battling for the team this year. Patrick Kane, what's his stats? Were the Rangers going to potentially go at him by the trade deadline that we talked about as a potential fit in our last video? I mean, there's a lot of options for the Rangers on the winner front now, which is exciting, either internally or externally. But when talking about center depth and center depth alone and the contract structures you broke down beautifully, this just feels like a match made in heaven. You know, Strom takes a five-year deal. He goes to Anaheim. Good for him. Him and Frankie V, as a matter of fact. I'm happy for Vitrano. I knew the Rangers couldn't afford him. He made, he's making over – I think he's making 3.3 mil AAV over a three-year deal. That's awesome for him and Anaheim. Him and Strom will stay teammates there. The one deal that at first I was a, like a little confused is Andrew Kopp, of course, because Kopp signed a five-year deal. Same type of deal, you know, but just two years less for a guy that's younger than Trocek. So it's like, why can the Rangers do that? But you'd have to imagine that, one, the Rangers just really like the over, overall physicality and what Trocek brings more than Kopp and Strom. And two, Kopp is from Michigan. So I'm sure that as soon as he found out that Detroit was in the mix for him, that he probably had a heavier interest to go to a team uh -huh. led by Yeiserman that's surely on the come up. I mean, with what we saw the Red Wings do, even with Ottawa, there are two teams in the Atlantic that I surely can see making an impact within the next couple of years. They're not far removed whatsoever, I would make yeah. that fair argument for. So, yeah, what's kind of your take on, you know, the Rangers prioritizing someone like Trocek over the likes of Kopp and Strom to different degrees? I think Kopp and Strom have their value. I just think Trocek brings aspects to the game that the Rangers were sorely lacking. And this is, I mean, I'm beating a dead horse here, but the Rangers were terrible five on five last season. Vinny Trocek is going to make that better. Vinny Trocek is going to make us a better team five on five just by winning faceoffs, just by being a, a good possession player. Um, and, you know, look, I, I personally, I don't really care about hits as a statistic. But for people who do, um, Stroman Cop last season, and I'm, for Cop, I'm including his Winnipeg Jets stint. Stroman Cop combined for 86 hits in a full season. Uh, Vinny Trocek at 185. So I think Trocek is going to show things that Ranger fans really like. He's going to win faceoffs. He throws the body a little bit around a little bit more than Cop and Strom. And I just think Panarin needs a center like Trocek more than he needs a center like Cop or Strom. Yes, Panarin and Strom worked well together. It's great. But he needs a center that 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 impacts the play a little bit more. And Trocek is a guy that the Rangers know all about. They went up against the Carolina Hurricanes three times in a regular season, seven times in the playoffs. They saw exactly what Trocek does. Because when when Trocek played his best games against us, that's when we were losing. Yeah. Trocek was the guy that, that they used for their favorite matchups. Rod Brindamore put Trocek out there when Zibanejad was out there just for face-off. Now we have a guy like that on our team. And, yeah, Kadri would have been a great get. And 
There are some other players like Malkin in free agency. You can make a case for Malkin. It's still a point-per-game player, although he's not always healthy. He, I think he hasn't played a complete season in like over, over 10 decade. years. Yep. But Malkin is still an interesting player. And if that guy is available in free agency, you have to at least explore, you know, the possibility. Uh, but Trocek, I think, is, is, a, is a good fit for the Rangers. I just hope the Rangers learn how to spell his name right because in the first announcement, they misspelled his name. What, did they have uh, Did they have um, no C in it? Yeah, they, 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 they forgot the C at the end of his name. To be fair, no Ranger gets the C, so I kind of get it. But, uh, <laughs> it checks out, no pun intended, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, uh, I, I always joke that, that Trocek's slogan should be forecheck, backcheck, Trocek. Because he does it all. <laughs> yeah, I saw one of the spaces you did. You had yeah, four check, back check, tro check. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does yeah. it all. Maybe 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 we bleed blue can make a t-shirt like that. Yeah, that, that, good idea. You know, get on it now, baby. But yeah, I mean, I don't really think there's much more that needs to be expanded on Vinny. We're excited for him again. Hopefully, he brings that oh, balance. Oh, well, one thing he did play for Gallant in Florida, so there is a connection there. Already. Oh, great point. Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. Yep, Gerard Gallant during his time in Florida when they kicked him to the curb and he had to take like the taxi <laughs> to leave. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah, that was that's actually pretty funny now that that popped in my head. Um, yeah, no, Vinny's someone that again, just balance wise, when it comes to. What the Rangers are looking for, you know, they started to address these playoff type mentality players with landing Barkley Goudreau last year, right? A guy that can play both the wing and the center position meant to be on that third line, but again, has played in the top six when need be. But now the Mets get not the Mets. I always got to mention the Mets, at least one in a show. You know that by now. But now the Rangers get themselves a top six bona fide centerman that can win faceoffs. And again, that's really next factor too, I would imagine, to a degree, than someone like Andrew Kopp. Kopp had that versatility, which was awesome, but for the Rangers looking for a centerman first, Kopp really does kind of profile better on that wing position, at least from what we saw during his tenure with the Rangers. So it is, you know, fair arguments to help uh, look at the Rangers' decision-making here and say, hey, this was the right move for them. All I know is I'm very much looking forward to seeing Vinny in a Rangers sweater and seeing Wake and Brain. I do know that there were some signings that transpired as we've been discussing, Stephen, that we'll probably get into here a little bit in the show. But just as an update to everyone, official, the Rangers have agreed to terms with forwards Austin. Say the last name, Stephen. Rushef. Rushef. There you go. Turner El Turner Elson and defenseman Andy Walensky on one-year deals. Now, Elson... All these are AHL-type moves, so we'll, we'll just briefly touch on them before we get on to our next segment. But a couple more moves that the Rangers did, which I found exciting, was the one that I called, Steve, in our last show, two shows ago, I should say, when the Rangers parted ways with Alexander Georgiev. We're looking at replacements. I'm like, Rangers can use a veteran, go get Yara Halak. And you know what? They did go get Yara Halak, and they didn't just get Yaro. They got this year's version of what we saw uh, in Dustin uh, uh, Tokarski a couple years ago with the Habs. Now the Penguins and Louis Domain. So the Rangers acquire a couple depth goaltenders. Halak will be the Rangers' backup. I love this. I've, I've, I yeah. despise Earl Halak during his time with the Islanders because him, Thomas Grice, they were just such a pain in the ass, as have, as have all goaltenders been for the New York Islanders facing the Rangers. But Halak had a solid season last year, splitting time uh, with the Vancouver Canucks. And he just brings that veteran leadership, you know, a fellow European. I, that doesn't hurt for the likes of Igor either. I just like that move. One year move. He has a no move clause, I think, as well. It just it's a comfy move. I like that the Rangers picked him up. So what's your quick reaction to Yarrow coming to 
the Rangers after his long time with the Habs. We saw him, of course, with the Islanders, Vancouver most recently. I know I'm missing at least one more team in there, but now the Rangers. Um, did you mention the Canucks? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. He, Boston. He, he, Boston. 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 Don't yeah. forget him, probably. Yeah, there you go. Uh, One-year deal. Yaroslav Halak is a good backup. Uh, I wanted a veteran backup. And, uh, yeah, they also signed Louis Domingue. Um, this year's version of Dustin Tokarski, who the Rangers also signed after that really strong. Right. And then Keith Kincaid as well. He's Kincaid's replacement now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the Rangers moved on from Keith Kincaid, Tyler Wall, um, and Adam Huska. They Mm -hmm. traded away Georgiev. That's four goalies that they, that are out of the organization. They're replacing them with Yaro Halak, who's going to be the backup in the NHL. Then they have Olaf Lindbaum, who signed his entry-level contract. He's coming over from Sweden. Let's Dylan see what Brooks. that second round pick can do. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, then, there's Dylan, then there's Dylan Garand, fourth round pick in 2020. He's I'm excited about him. Coming over from the WHL and Louis Domingue. Uh, so that's four goalies coming in. Um, I think assigning Domingue was a, good, was a good move because you basically have two goalies that don't really have a lot of experience. Olaf Lindbaum has played professional hockey for four years in Sweden. But on and off, you know, it had some injuries. Um, the teams he played on weren't really that good, so there wasn't a lot of structure to work with. And Dylan Garand is coming over from junior hockey. So having that veteran goalie in there that has played for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, and some other teams as well who has that NHL experience, that's going to be a, a, a good backup or, or insurance policy to have in the AHL. If Garand and uh, Lindbaum don't work out, you have a goalie to fall back on. You don't have to trade for one. You don't have to claim one off waivers. You have him in the organization. So that was a good move. Um, And then the other move that I don't think we talked about yet is the move that makes sure that our quota of Ryans stays at three for the upcoming season, Tyler. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the Rangers signed Ryan Carpenter for one year. Yeah. About a day before Carpenter signed, Drury said he wasn't finished yet. He was still looking for a fourth line center. Yeah, I, I think I had mentioned that to you, right? Because they were done with Kevin Rooney. Thank yeah. goodness. Nothing personal, Kevin. Just time to move on. And I, I so, like this move. I like so this move. Rooney Rooney went to Calgary and yeah. the Rangers signed Ryan Carpenter from Calgary. So it's a swap. It's basically a swap. Um Ryan Carpenter played under Galland in Vegas. So there's that connection again. Of course. Um, but yeah, he's he's versatile. He's a good fourth liner. He can score, he can score a decent goal. Uh, so he's not completely useless offensively. Um, and yeah, overall, I'm, I'm I'm happy to have that. It's like Domingue in goal in, in Hartford. Having Ryan Carpenter there just in case uh Gustav Riedal, who they signed from Sweden, doesn't work out. You have someone. Uh, you can just slide into the lineup uh, when, when you need to. Um, and yeah, the Rangers, and let me quickly touch on this because I saw some questions popping up about that. The situation with Kako and Mott. Um, personally, I have the belief that they have an agreement with both Mott and Kako, but they don't want to announce it yet because the moment they announce it, they put themselves in a position where teams can take advantage of them because you put yourself over the cap and you're going to have to activate Sammy Blay off of IR and you True. cannot do that without making a trade. 
That's a good Lula, Lula Morello never announces signings the day the contract is signed. Yeah, he waits. For this reason. He just wants to make sure he has all his ducks in a row, wants to make sure that financially there's nothing that that other teams can look at and go, let's take advantage of this. On the other hand, Lou Lamoretto does trade Devin Taves away for two second-round picks. So I guess there's still teams taking advantage of the Islanders. But, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think Kako I think and Mott, they want to keep them both. Whether they can do it remains to be seen. Did you um, see what Drury had to say about Mott? Um, it was through Vince McCurgliano a couple of days yeah. ago. He said that, you know, he feels that Mott's like too out of reach price-wise for us. That's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not a, it's not a weird thing to say. However, Mott, I Mott do know, I do know that even though he hasn't signed anywhere yet, that's probably the main reason that the Rangers said their goodbyes to everyone. It is a little bizarre. You know, I love the fact that the Rangers went all in. Did what they did at the deadline, but then to see the big goodbye photo, of just like an entire like half roster is what it felt like, and everyone involved. It, it was like it was a little of a tough pill to swallow, just because I enjoyed that group that they had. Yeah, yeah, no, true. Uh, but you know, this is this is just this is what happens when uh, this is what happened. Uh, I think in the nineties when when you basically started seeing like like player trades being more common. When you started seeing players leave teams at the end of their contracts, same thing in soccer in 1995. Uh, it's called the Bosman ruling in soccer, where there was this striker in uh, his, his, I think, Belgian striker who played in France who wanted to leave for like a second tier team in England, and his team wouldn't allow him to leave. And he said, Well, it's just an employment contract, I can just quit. And then given my four weeks notice, and then I can leave. So the Bosman ruling all over the world in soccer made it so that contracts have an expiration date. And once the contract ends, that player can leave for free. Now, in North American sports, I think it happened slightly differently, but I think it was around the same time, like early to mid 90s. You saw this happening more and more often. Um, and this is, just, this is just the way it is. You know, you're going to see players leave. You're going to see players get traded. Um, and, and there are players on this team right now, and I've said this the last couple of years, there are still players on this team right now that are not going to be here when the Rangers win a cup in 2024. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're, we're, there's some multiple guys that are not going to be here either yeah. for the sake of parting ways with them via contract or trade mm -hmm. as well. A yeah. guy that we famously mention all the time is Jacob Truba. How long of a leash will he have with the Rangers? Regardless on his contract status, we know that teams can get creative. I think Ryan McDonough being dealt is a, the greatest late example of depending on the type of uh, clause that you have on your deal. That only take you so far, you know, um, but what I do know is that with the Rangers, what they have been doing right now, if we look across the league as well, Stephen, were there any moves in the Frasian market? Or actually, before we get there, let me hold that thought. Did we discuss Patrick Nemeth yet? Did we discuss him last episode? I don't think we did, right? Oh, that was the best trade of the offseason. That was the best trade of the offseason. So we, I had mentioned to you last episode that you know Patrick Nemeth could be gone if a team like Arizona, for instance, takes on his contract. And lo and behold, that's exactly what they did. Now, the Rangers did part, I believe, with a second-round pick in 2025 and a conditional second-round pick in a different year. Um, I don't know what the conditions are on that pick, however. I'd have to double-check. And the Rangers acquired a low-level prospect. 
in return, which I found a little interesting. Um, but that deal was just perfect. The Rangers free up cap. We avoid what you were hoping that the Rangers would avoid, which is another year where they buy out flyers. So thankfully they didn't have to deal with that here. They did part with some picks, but again, I think this is addition by subtraction. Now with the Patrick Nemeth and the uh, Justin Bronze of the world, nothing personal, Justin he goes back to Philly. Good for him on another one year deal. Now it opens the floodgates for the Rangers and this young core of defensemen. We get to see a Zach Jones and Niels Lundqvist, even a Matthew Robertson, all get a pretty fair shot at making this roster now, which is something that last year they either underperformed or just didn't get enough because we had Tornordian for a couple of games to start the year, or we had Nemeth, you know, just really being a pain in the neck for the Rangers for a large portion of the season. So, Stephen, what's your initial reaction to the Rangers, not just playing with Nemeth, Ron gone as well, but finally, us Ranger fans getting to see this young core group finally getting to see what they can do, assuming that none of these kids are traded before the start of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, just to clarify, the Nemeth trade, um, the Go condition is the Arizona Coyotes have the option to get the Rangers' third round pick in 2024 or their second round pick in 2026. Gotcha. So they're basically giving Arizona the option to go with the higher pick, but they have to wait two additional years. Mm-hmm. For If I'm Arizona, I go with the second round pick in 2026. Yeah, it just seems like overall it's a but good... It, it does run. give Chris Drury four years to make up for that. So you, you lose, or sorry, three and four years. So let's just assume for the sake of argument that Arizona is going to go with the second round pick in 2026. You are losing second-round picks in 2025 and 2026. Drury now has three years to try and get some second-round picks to offset that loss. I still think the Truba trade is going to return those picks. If you look at the P.K. Subban trade in 2019 from Nashville to New Jersey, they received two second-round picks and two players. If the Rangers can trade him to a team like Detroit, because I've been saying Dallas for a long time, but... Detroit kind of makes sense too. Um, if Detroit doesn't get Klingberg, which is also a good target for them because they have a big Swedish contingent, uh, Klingberg would fit right in, would play with um, uh, with Moritz Sider. Uh, but if they don't get Klingberg, then Truba could be an option for them. You can get two second round picks and then either a roster player or a prospect. That's a move you can make. And that's how you get those second round picks back. Uh, the player we got in return for Patrick Nemeth is Ty Emerson. Not really a player I'm expecting to make a big impact on the Rangers. What is interesting, though, is that this guy was uh, Keandre Miller's defensive partner in college. Oh, okay. So there's there's always a connection. If, it, if there is, yeah. There's well, never going to be a Rangers deal without they, someone either being connected from birth to someone yeah. Or going mm-hmm. along the lines of being a teammate or former coach. <laughs> they, they weren't just teammates. They were they were like line mates. They played on the same pair. Oh, okay, that's good. Chemistry, baby. But then again, Kodorenko also played with Lindgren and Fox for the US NTDP. So, <laughs> you know, there are going to be players in Hartford that have connections to, to players on the Rangers roster that are just not going to make the team. You know, that it happens. But it is interesting to uh, to see that they that they got Ty Emerson in return. I thought that was uh, it was a nice little caveat. But yeah, we got rid of Nemeth, um, and it's it's more so that that like, I have nothing against Nemeth, you know, personally. I'm pretty sure he's a great guy, but he's just not a good defenseman, and he kept getting minutes 
Gallant kept playing him. And at some point, as the general manager, you have to take the toys away. If, if a coach is, is using the wrong players, you have to take them away. So, yeah, this move was, was destined to be made. And this is why they did not buy out. As you remember, I said that in a previous recording. The reason Patrick Nemeth wasn't bought out is because they want to trade him away and not be stuck with a cap penalty. And thank goodness that everything transpired the way it did. Because, yeah. again, cannot say it enough. Addition by subtraction. Wishing you all the best in Arizona, Patrick. But now now we move. <laughs> now we yeah. move forward. Okay. Uh, Steven, what I want to ask you prior to this, um, before we get to the final like AHL signings for the Rangers, then going ahead where our next segment is, were there any moves that really shocked you that we saw either in the free agent or trade market since the free agent market opened up? Like, did anything really blow your mind and be like, wow, I wasn't originally expecting this after the draft or has everything felt kind of along the lines of what you expected? Um, I guess Subban still signing with the Penguins was a little bit of a surprise. Um, you know, wasn't wasn't super crazy, but uh, Evander Kane signing an extension with the Oilers could be seen as a bit of a surprise. Um, on the other hand, he was playing well there, so why not capitalize on it? Mm-hmm. No, I think the biggest the biggest surprise, the biggest shock, was Johnny Gaudreau going to Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> that I just I love the build up. It was like, okay, he's a devil. Okay, he's a flyer. Okay, he's an Islander. He goes to the Metro, but he goes to the one team that I simply- imagine. Imagine <laughs> your team missing out on Panarin in 2019 to sign for less money with a different team, and then three <laughs> years later going through the exact same thing with Johnny Gaudreau. I I. It was poetic, is what happened. Yeah. I was that was such a good move. And I, I look, yeah. I don't know if um let me put it this way, I don't know how long Lion is going to stay in Columbus if they'll be able to re-sign him. But for the time being, Line and Johnny Hockey together is gonna be damn fun to watch. And yeah. Columbus fans are gonna actually have something to really try to root for starting this season again. Yeah. True, true. Um yeah, look, Gaudreau to Columbus makes a lot of sense for him. You know, he wanted to move closer to home. And mm-hmm. Devils fans were like, oh, Ohio is not close to home. It, well, is. It, is if you're, it is if you're moving from Calgary. Exactly. I mean, Any, anything roughly, you know, on the just in general in that area is going to be closer. It is pretty close. Look, Gaudreau's sister lives in Ohio. Okay. Uh, so it's not like he lives in California and his family lives in, lives in Massachusetts. You know, it's mm-hmm. Ohio where his sister lives and i think his parents live in new jersey yeah like that, south jersey because that's why they grew up fans. yeah but you also have to remember the blue jackets are in the same division as the flyers the devils the rangers the islanders all four it's, teams it's almost like he's gonna be around those areas a lot <laughs> he's gonna be around those areas for at least 12 games maybe more yeah he'll take that um, but yeah, signing in Columbus was a bit of a surprise. Um, uh, but yeah, good for him. You know, he still signed for a lot of money. I mean, nine point seven five million a year—that is a good deal. Um, and yeah, I think what really stands out about this deal is that he is now their player. He's like their number one player. He's their new Rick Nash. Yeah, 
because mm-hmm. the Columbus Blue Jackets don't really have any stars. They don't really have any players. Line, don't forget about Line. He's there. Yeah, but but what I mean is they don't really have players where you go, yeah, I can see that guy wearing the C in a year. I can see that guy getting his number retired when after ten years in Columbus. You know, Goudreau is now that player. They have Voracek for two more years. Um, uh, but yeah, they, they may keep line A, you know, they, they have Vorensky, who's a really good player, really good defenseman, but on offense, they, they never really had after trading away Rick Nash and, uh, after losing Panarin in 2019, they never really had an opportunity to sign a player like this. So this is basically their Panarin replacement. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a great way of putting it. And there is, there is a big similarity between Panarin and Goudreau. Panarin signing with the Rangers in 2019, you could argue that it was a year or two too early because the Rangers weren't there yet. The Rangers weren't ready yet to go into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Same thing is true for Columbus. But when a player like Panarin, or in this case, Goudreau, becomes available, you go for it. Johnny Goudreau had the most points, even strength points, in a single season since Yaromir Yager in 1996. That's damn impressive. (laughs) That's 26 years ago. In the last 26 years, he's the only player to get 90 points at even strength in a single season. He's had an amazing season, and he's getting paid for it. So good on him. Good on Columbus. I wish their fans all the best. I'm actually going to Columbus in January for a Rangers game. Oh, perfect. There you go. That should Um, be a blast. You're going to hear the cannon right right beside you. Had that that planned before uh, Gaudreau even signed. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. It's a a state and a city I've never been to, so I get to add that to my list. But, yeah, I mean, happy for Gaudreau. Good on him. Good on Columbus. The one surprise other than Gaudreau I would throw in there personally was, one, the the goalie swaps were interesting. You know, we saw Vanacek get traded to the Devils. We saw Darcy Kemper go to um, the Capitals on a five-year deal. It's just Martin a matter Jones of Martin Jones, Seattle, but just a matter of if someone like Darcy can stay healthy, obviously yeah. that's always been his big thing, but he gets a mm-hmm. similar deal, uh, not far removed from Grubauer a year prior with Seattle. Yeah. Um, but yeah. the big thing for me is a bona fide goal scorer still, regardless of his injuries and his past being shipped out for a bag of pucks because that same team hasn't know how to run anything properly since they started the organization and the Vegas Golden Knights giving Max Petre away for literally nothing to the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes just get, got themselves a guaranteed 25 goal scorer next season, like it was nothing. And yeah, the, talking about bolstering a contending team, they do just that. And if you go down that trade tree, if you go down everything with Patrick it is brutal with Vegas. I mean, everything going back to Thomas Tatar prior to that, it's just a whole lot of nothing is what that ended up being. Yeah, I know he's not officially part of the Jack Eichel trade tree, but he should be. Yeah, exactly. Because the reason he was dumped is because of the Jack Eichel trade. And the Golden Knights traded for Jack Eichel, hoping to get a playoff run out of that team. But then they don't even make the playoffs. And the Vegas Golden Knights, over the last year or so, have done a lot of questionable things. You know, the, the whole situation with Robin Leonard. Um, now the situation with Pacioretty. Um, trading Dodonov to the Anaheim Ducks, which is on his no-trade list. 
you know, it, it, it just doesn't stop. There's, there's something new every couple of weeks in Vegas. They, they were hot firing straight in their inaugural season, going to the Stanley Cup final. But ever since that first season, they've been trying to chase that high and they come up short every time. And every time they come up short, they're worse off because of it. I, I, I'm not going to lie, Stephen. This is all started to unravel when they part ways with Gerard Gallant. Tell me otherwise. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you remember that that five-minute major in game misconduct for Cody Egan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yep. that, yeah. That was the moment. <laughs> that was the moment. where you, you, Do you know that meme with, like, the dominoes that get bigger every time? Yeah. So the, the the small domino is Cody Eakins' uh, game misconduct, and the big domino is giving away Petrie for free. Yep. So yeah, they gave they gave so they gave up what two three second round picks for Tatar, and then they yeah gave they up gave up Tatar. so much. And then they gave up Tatar and Suzuki for Petrie, and now they gave Petrie away for free to a team that. Lost Trocek, but also also lost D'Angelo, but they replaced them with Pacioretty and Brent Burns. That's not a name I expected to see traded this offseason, especially not the Carolina. Oh, I know. Brent Burns was a big one. That's the Tony D replacement right there. Yeah. You yeah. know, Tony, of course, signs with Philly, which granted that made perfect sense going back home again, just like a draw from South Jersey. However, Tony and Torts is going to be something to witness. <laughs> I'll, I'll say one thing about Philly. I don't care about them signing Tony D'Angelo. I honestly couldn't give a shit. I think it's despicable what they did with Oscar Lindblom. Because... I agree. They bought him out. Like, come on. Buying out a player in itself, I am okay with. It's part of the game. The fact that he recovered from cancer in itself is not a reason to, to keep a player on the books. But the Philadelphia Flyers actively used the cancer recovery story as a PR stunt and then bought him out. It's pretty and fucked up. Especially because, look, look, if the Flyers were in like a whole win now stage and Limblom just simply wasn't a fit on the roster, maybe you can justify it more. But this is a team in a rebuild slash retool that can use Oscar Limblom type player the same way that the San Jose Sharks had no problem picking his ass up as soon as he was available. So, yeah, I mean, we don't need it. We don't need to get on a tangent of class you're a lacquer of, which is uh, the city of brotherly love for the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they're just a laughing stock. I'm enjoying every second because they don't know what the hell they're doing. You could tell they have absolutely no clue what they're doing as well. So it's yeah. just, it's going to continue to be a circus there and let it be that way. Let By the it. way, um, so Oscar Lindblom had $4 million left on his deal. Yeah. Um, he gets paid one-third of that. Yep. So that is, what, $1.3 million, I think. Um, he signed a two-year deal with the San Jose Sharks for $2.5 million a year, so he's getting five. So Lindblom at least got out of it okay. Mm -hmm. It's still a shitty move. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. Um, but, Stephen, let's get on to the final moves Rangers-related before we get on to our final two segments, really. And that is regarding the minor league, not minor league, I should say, but AHL moves the Rangers have just made. Would you like to start oh, with your buddy? League. What? What's that? I'm AHL, sorry? AHL is minor league. 
No, I know. But for whenever I say minor league, it makes me think of baseball. So that's why I try to have them separate. I don't refer to, you know, hockey minor leagues as minor leagues. I don't know. I just don't. It's different for me personally. Okay. But yeah, let's start with your boy, Austin. Let's talk about that new deal for him and what his stats for the Rangers organization will be as soon as this upcoming season. Yeah, look, Austin Rushev is an interesting player. You know, they they signed him as an undrafted free agent from, I think, Western Michigan two years ago. Uh, he was part of uh, the, um, the, 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 the triplets, so to speak, from college. Patrick Kodorenko, Justin Richards, and him. Uh, the Rangers moved on from Justin Richards. Kodorenko still has a year left. So, uh, yeah, that's two. I don't expect miracles from Austin Rushev. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. I spoke to him a couple of times, you know, really enjoy, uh, what he, uh, what, what, what he did, but look, if they, uh, if, if he can make his NHL debut in like a fourth line role for a couple of games, I'd be excited to see that the guy is like what, six, nine. Um, hold on. Let me, let me look up his, uh, his measurements. Sure. Um, sorry. He's six, seven and 229 pounds. Okay. Um, by the way, he hasn't signed, he hasn't signed yet. He was given a qualifying offer, but because he was given a qualifying offer, he's still in the organization. Unlike, uh, Adam Huska and Tyler Wall. Okay. So, um, but yeah, he's still in the organization. That's great. Um, but yeah, the Rangers have made some interesting moves. Uh, you know, Bobby Trevino, who they signed earlier this year, uh, which we'll get to in a second when we go over the prospect camp results but yeah the Hartford now has an interesting uh group of like giants with all due respect they have Austin Rushev who's 6'7 uh they have Tim Gettinger who's 6'6 two, 218 pounds uh they have Matthew Rempe who's uh 6'8 205 pounds and then from Sweden they have uh where is he Adam Edstrom who is 6'6", 210 pounds. Yeah, Enstrom's a big boy, too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got yeah. a couple. Um, so, yeah, interesting to see what's going to happen with those guys. I look forward to uh, following the Hartford Wolfpack closely like I did last year. This is the time where it's actually interesting to watch the Wolfpack. I've had seasons where I didn't give a damn because their best player was Ethan Warrick. Don't care. <laughs> Sorry, nothing against Ethan Warrick, but... When when the best player on the Hartford Wolfpack team doesn't even have any show upside, there's really no reason for me to watch Hartford Wolfpack games. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking know, of Hartford Wolfpack, though, the Rangers did acquire two other players today, and that wasn't just a re-sign Rochef, but also getting Elson. Um, and he's a 29-year-old forward, uh, was in the Detroit Red Wings organization last year, turned to Elson as a matter of fact, and had a cup of coffee with Detroit for the Grand Rapids, uh, pardon me, with the Red Wings, but for the Grand Rapids, had a career high, 21 goals, 24 assists for 45 points. So he was alternate captain for them, and he will just provide more depth forward-wise for the Rangers here in um in uh with the Wolfpack. And then they also acquired a defenseman as well, a uh, minor leaguer, even though it feels weird to say, and Andy Walensky. And Walensky is another one trying to find his age. He's 29 as well. Um, and he's coming from the Stockton Heat, was with Calgary Flames. And he put up 19 points in 39 games. So anything further that you would like to expand on either of those moves? 
I see the tweet now, by the way. So yeah, they they did sign Austin Ruschev. I I was checking Cap Friendly, and they don't have the details yet. So. Oh yeah, yeah. The announcement right. happened like shortly after the show went live today. So I was like, okay, yeah. we'll wait until the time's right to discuss them. Yeah, I mean, the, these are these are Wolfpack guys. You know, uh, you, you you're not gonna get too excited about these guys, but you know, the Wolfpack still needs a good roster. You still need your prospects in Hartford to have a good team around them. And we have some young players on that Wolfpack team. You know, we have Ryder Korzak, who's 19, Carl Hendrickson, who's 21, um, uh, Will Cooley and Matthew Rempe, who are 20, Jones and Lundqvist are 21. Same with Hunter Skinner and Matthew Robertson. Uh, you have two goalies that are 20 and 21. This is a very young team. The average age of the forwards, it's 22 and a half, 22.5. That's crazy, especially, yeah. especially for something like the Wolfpack. Um, yeah. that for an AHL affiliate, normally AHL, you see a good balance or if anything, more veterans, you know, more guys yeah. that are maybe a little washed could make it to the AHL level. Well, but, uh, yeah. So the average age is based on players that are contracted by the Rangers. There are still some players like Tanner Fritz who are in Hartford on AHL deals. Yeah. So they're technically not affiliated with the Rangers, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, there's a bunch of prospects in Hartford this upcoming season. Um, and a couple of prospects that aren't eligible to play in Hartford this upcoming season, which we'll get into when we talk about the uh, prospect camp. Well, let's just go right into the prospect camp, Stephen, because this was a fun one for a couple days for the Rangers, and the biggest highlight of this by far is a Rangers' second-round draft pick that kind of made some quick history, Stephen. What exactly did he do? Adam Shakora became the youngest player in the professional era to sign an entry-level contract with the New York Rangers. He's only what? How old is he, 18? He's turning 18 on September 7th. Wow, he's not even 18 yet. That's crazy. He's not even 17. So um, does this does this sway at all his decision-making, or does he still plan to go back to Europe mean, for next year? It doesn't really matter. It's not really up to him. I'll explain that in a second. But okay. yeah, Adam, Adam Shikora signs his entry-level contract seven days after being drafted. In the salary cap era, only Alexi Lafreniere signed his entry-level contract faster after being drafted. That's crazy. Yeah. He finished um, his day with a goal and his final day of development camp, and they pulled him aside. He's like, you know what? We really like you. Let's just sign no, right now. And he had no clue. They, they pulled him off the ice, and they said, we have a contract for you. <laughs> imagine imagine how – imagine the rush of excitement. That that had to be like the, like the best week imaginable for him, yeah. not to just get drafted the way he did, but to impress in camp and to make literally NHL history like this. You have to and do look, something right. Adam Shikora is part of one of the best, if not the best, generations in Slovak hockey. Yep. With what you they know, did yeah, in the draft, yeah. you're 100% right. The Slovakia having the first and second overall pick in the draft with Simon Nemec and Joris Slavkovsky. Uh, then you have Philip Meshar at the end of the end of the first round. Adam Shikora uh, at the end of the second round. You have guys like uh, Dalibor Dvorsky who are draft eligible next year. This Slovak generation is one to watch, and and I'm excited that we got one of them. You know, um, I I lived in Vienna for years. I. I've been to Slovakia countless times and I watched a lot of games, including games of like, you know, some under 18 teams. Yeah, there, there were like youth tournaments in Vienna or like out just outside Vienna. I would just, you know, go there, watch them. And I've seen Adam Shakora a couple of times. This kid is is basically Ryan Callahan. 
You know, he's not Love the that. most technical player. He's not going to wow you with like highlight real goals like Rick Nash, but he's going to be a fan favorite because he never gives up. And that's, and that's the exact type of player I feel that I would want the Rangers to have with the assumption that he's a part of their core group over the next five years. You know, at that juncture, the Rangers aren't going to need the guys with the silkiest mitts. They're going to need guys that have that strong two-way balance, have good speed their game, but have an edge, you know, a snarl, a peskiness to them mm-hmm. to help them yeah. come playoff time. That's so, what you want. So I yeah, like okay. the profile that Sakura brings for mm-hmm. the Rangers. So let me quickly go into what this means for Adam Sikora and the Rangers. Sure. Um, so there's a transfer agreement between the NHL and the IIHF for players drafted from outside North America. And this mostly applies to players in Europe that are still under contract. So section 4.2 for people that are interested says that players who sign NHL contracts and are still under contract in Europe have not reached their 22nd birthday and were selected outside of the first round cannot be assigned to the AHL. Okay. So Adam Pekora being 17, second round pick, and he still has a contract with his team in Slovakia means he cannot go to the AHL this year. Now, I've spoken to some people, and from what I've heard, this basically was the, the reason they signed him now is because of the situation with Carl Hendrickson. Last year, Carl Hendrickson signed signed his entry-level contract, and he was subject to the same restrictions. That restriction is only for the first season of the ELC. So they couldn't assign Hendrickson to the AHL in the first year of his contract. But now they can. So I think we're going to see Sikora in the AHL next year, 2023-24. But they're going to allow him to either go back to Slovakia, if that's what he wants, or go to the WHL and play for Madison Head Tigers. But he does need permission from his team in Slovakia because that contract is still leading. Okay, gotcha. So either way, even though we're not going to see him for a little bit, I want to ask you, Stephen, before we get to like our final segment basically on uh, the uh, uh, WJC, what is Brennan Othman's status with his contract? Because again, we know that he signed his ELC very early in his career. So how soon could you see someone like him, for example, potentially yeah. make his way onto the Rangers? So Brennan Othman is also not eligible for the AHL, but that is a different rule in a completely different agreement. Um, it is the CHL agreement that was signed in, I think, the late 70s that states that any player drafted out of the CHL is not eligible to play in the American Hockey League unless he turns 20 by December 31st of that season. Because of that, a guy like Ryder Korzak is eligible because he turns 20 this calendar year. He turns 20, I think, in either September or October. But Othman was born January 5th, so he misses the cutoff by five days. So if we want to blame someone, we have to blame Mama Othman for waiting five more days <laughs> to give birth. To this is all Mama Othman's fault. It's all Mama Othman's fault. But uh, no, look, it's, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um, Othman has two options. He can go to the OHL or the NHL. There's no way he can go back to Europe because just like with Adam Sikora and his contract in Slovakia, uh, Brennan Othman's contract in the OHL was leading. That is the contract that is binding. And unless he is released by, by the Flint Firebirds, he's not going to be able to go to, to Europe to play there. So it's going to be either start in the NHL and then be sent down later 
like the Rangers did with Anthony Duclair, like the Oilers did with Leon Dreisaitl, or he goes back early in the season and spends a whole year in the WHL. Personally, okay. I hope he gets to stay with the Rangers for about 39 games um, and then gets sent down. Um, I could go into another five minutes explaining why it's 39 games, but if people want to know, you know, I've tweeted about this countless times. It's basically, it has to do with UFA eligibility. Okay. So. Understood. So either way though, Offman, he feels like a guy that could make an impact on the Rangers sooner rather than later. Not yes. just with the biases aside of, you know, you building that relationship being his latest uncle, because of course you are, but rather his rise quickly with the Firebirds over this past five years and uh, one year, I should say, and really how quick that may help develop him and his game. I mean, there's something about Offman's game that I feel like outside of him and his fo- like what position he has could really be impactful for Rangers team sooner rather than later again he just he has that smell to him yes he can net those beautiful goals yes he's a great playmaker and has strong speed but shoot first mentality that's that yeah he's another one that almost gives me to a lesser extent alexi lafreniere vibes in the sense that he will quite literally do anything and everything to help his team wins he doesn't need to be solely reliant on one type of play style in order to help help himself have success yeah, um, I, I I think um, Othman is going to be – I think Othman needs about a year still before he can really make an impact where it's noticeable. But we'll see how it goes in preseason. He played a game in preseason uh, against the Bruins last year. Um, so I think he's going to get a couple of shots in preseason, and they'll just take it from there. They're going to give him a couple of games at the start of the season and then send him down after nine games if they don't want to burn a year of his entry-level contract or keep him on the team if they don't mind burning that year. Uh, but yeah, Othman's going to have an interesting year because um, I was told that he's actually added to the roster for the 2022 World Juniors, which starts Ooh. in August. Um, we talking about a great pivot. Steven, let's get into yeah. the World Juniors. Let's talk about yeah, it. Yeah, so the World Juniors that was canceled in December uh, is going to be resumed on August 9th. Um, and they're going to play the whole tournament from scratch. Everything that was played in December is being scratched. Uh, doesn't count. Uh, that's officially a canceled tournament now. So they're going to start from day one, uh, new games. And uh, there are a couple of injuries on Team Canada. Initially, they wanted to go with the same team that was there in December because the age rules are still the same. But some injuries happened, occurred. And Othman, initially not on the team for the tournament in, in August, was told to, uh, to join the team August 1st. Uh, so that's interesting for the Rangers. Now we have Will Cooley, Dylan Garant, um, and Brennan Othman on Team Canada. We're going to have Kala Weissenen on Team Finland. Uh, we're going to have Adam Shakora on Team Slovakia and potentially Jaroslav Chmelars on uh, the, the, Czech, the Czech team. Ooh, okay. So, so potentially, six, potentially six players. Oh, Brett Berard. I forgot about Brett Berard. Seven players. Oh, yeah, Buzzsaw. There you go. Oh, of course. Brett Berard is on Team USA at the World Juniors. His final time to, uh, to, win, to win a gold. Uh, of course, he won one in his first uh, his first attempt. Uh, so, yeah, we have potentially seven players at the World Juniors. That should make it interesting. It should. I mean, Berard, we saw what he's done already playing in juniors. I'm excited to see him again. He's, he's a guy that has always enticed me. 
along with many of other these Ranger prospects. So, Stephen, out of all of them, is there one maybe out of some of the lesser prospects that you've listed for the Rangers? Which one do you think Ranger fans should have their eyes glued on the most that maybe can come off a little bit more surprising than people realize? At the World Juniors? Yes. I mean, I don't think it's going to be a surprise that Berard's going to be one of the stars of Team USA. Mm-hmm. I I think I think watching Will Cooley on Team Canada is going to surprise some people. Yeah, he's. He, I feel like Cooley's just slept on a little bit. Not that you know he's the best things in sliced bread, but he he's another one of those kids that feels like he might not need a lawn adjustment. You know, advancing to pro hockey to then arrive with the Rangers and basically be, in essence, what the Rangers were hoping they would get with Brennan Lemieux, but better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and the Rangers for the last couple of years have been circling these kinds of players, you know, either in trades like Brendan Lemieux or uh, waiver pickups like Cody McLeod uh, or free agency. Um, but getting a guy like that in the draft is crucial to your chances to win a cup because – We've seen this over the last couple of years, and I may have mentioned this before. I was on a different recording, but um, if you look at Tampa, you know the players that that they needed to win those two cups were players like Yanni Gord and Alex Killorn and mm-hmm. Ross Colton um, and Matthew Joseph, um, and you need depth at center with Stamkos, Point, Sirelli. Uh, Getting those players in the draft is how you win cups. And of course you can add a player here or there in a trade. Like Colorado adding Arturi Lekanen, I think was a great move. Oh, it was a phenomenal which, move for them. That was a which good one. is uh, Arturi Lekanen is probably my best comparison for Adam Shakura. Oh. Because okay. Arturi, Arturi Lekanen was drafted uh I think 58th overall. That's like a five spot difference. So the draft position is almost the same. They play a similar style, you know, they're both wingers. Um, and Lekkonen, after he was drafted, played in his home country, Finland, for one year, then made the move to Sweden for two seasons. And then after three years, so three years after being drafted, came over to the NHL and made the team right out of camp. Never played a game in the a, in the American Hockey League. Um, and I hope the Rangers allow Shakora to do the same, play a season in Slovakia, go to Sweden for two years, and then come over at age 21 when you are matured, when you have filled out your frame a little bit, and then come over to play North American hockey. Because it is it is a, a big leap, not so much the smaller ice, but more the different styles of play. That said, I think Adam Shikora is going to adjust really well to North American hockey because of the way he plays. Awesome. I mean, that's phenomenal here. Anytime that the Rangers are acquiring guys that, again, maybe have, you know, not necessarily the longest tenure, but not the shortest either and being on this Rangers team. But again, guys like Sakura, guys like that we've seen recently in Othman, Cooley, these are just all guys that they just have a little bit of an edge to their game. I just like the balance. I like that we aren't getting too pretty with the type of guys that the Rangers are going after via draft, right? We're getting guys that can really help out in multiple areas of need for this team when they're trying to round things out with the assumption that they are cup-esque type teams in the years going forward. 
we already got those players in Lafreniere and Kako. And my point, Kako. my point exactly. You you don't need you don't need everyone to be you know, but not not that I shouldn't say this. Look, Kako and Laffy, they're not fine. They're not dainty. They're nothing of that nature. But they have a certain skill set. That is the reason why they were propelled in the yeah. draft the way that they were. They're high end talents. Yes, yes, yeah. and they they have a higher upside than these guys do. But you need these type of players as well to help round things out to help win yeah. a championship at the end. And here's the thing. You go for those top players first because those players tend to have longer careers anyway. Yeah. So if you go for a top player in 2019 and 2020 and then draft your depth players in 2022, 2023, they're going to peak at the same time. You know, they're going to have like their um, their breakout years around the same time. Whereas if you draft those third and fourth line potential players first, we've seen it with Callahan. What was Callahan's career really? Nine years? Objectively useful. Um, ten maybe? maybe yeah, ten? yeah, I would say. I, th- I think Hallie gave a strong nine to ten years. Yeah. Dubinsky? Yeah, du- Dubinsky's just had those injuries, you know, yeah. unfortunately. And- when you look at players like Berard and Cooley and, and to a lesser degree, Adam, Adam Shakura, those are players that are not going to have those 15, 16, 17, 18 year careers. Whereas Lafreniere and Kako and Kravtsov, if they all put it together, of course, should be destined to play until their late thirties. That's why what you see in, in Pittsburgh, you know, Crosby and Malkin came first. And then they started to add players like Brian Rust and Connor Sheary. And same with Tampa. First, they drafted Hetman and Stamkos and Kucherov. And then they went after guys like Killorn and Tyler Johnson. And they, they, they picked up Yanni Gord as an undrafted free agent. And it's it's the right move. It's the right order of of business, so to speak. So I'm I'm yeah I'm looking forward to this team, and I've always said 2024 is when we really hit our stride. 2024 is when our cup window really opens, because uh, right now we just opened it for a couple of seconds to let some fresh air in, and it closed again. But in 2024, we're gonna open the window completely. And, and it's gonna be. It's going to be damn exciting when we get to that point for sure. The Rangers have a promising future. We know that, but you know, looking ahead, not just with the, uh, with the world junior championship, but with everything leading up to, you know, camp eventually for the Rangers this year, we're going to have a lot of deep dive, especially on the young prospect front, which, you know, Steven, that is where you are best in the knit and gritty on. It's going to be exciting to expand on that further. But with that being said, Steven, are there any final updates, anything else regarding the Rangers that you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode of Rangers review? Um, not really. Um, you know, it's going to be the start of a new season. Prospect camp's over, so all the players have gone home. Um, we're gonna we're gonna prepare now for World Juniors in August, which sounds weird, but I kind of like it. And thinking about it, I kind of wish they would just permanently move it to August. Yeah, it's kind of a nice because, fit because, because it doesn't interfere with anything. You. It, w- it would give it so much more hype and it would also tie in perfectly with the NHL draft. Mm-hmm. Because most players that play in World Juniors are players that were already drafted. Of course, you have your exceptions like Adam Sikora last year or Connor Bedard 
Um, but in general, most players at the World Juniors are going to be 18, 19 years old and will have been drafted. So imagine going into the draft at the end of June and then have your prospect camp, have your summer showcase, and then in August, it culminates in the World Juniors. I don't know. I kind of like the idea. It's never going to happen, though. So. Yeah, no, I mean, in overall, though, with the Rangers, it, all I know is that, again, they just they have a lot coming up. I'm, I'm just really excited. I would have liked it again. I It would be nice if this stayed more in August, as you said. I just I see, think it's a nice balance again, more than anything. I would prefer to have it more so in the summer when, you know, it's before the season beginning again. But it's just after we have camp like this. It feels like a nice fit. Like you said, though, it probably isn't going to stay this way, but it would be nice if it did. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was episode 62, Stephen. So if we know the Ranger history, let's let's test your knowledge, right? What What's Ranger's history 62? There's one that pops in my head right away is how can he not? I mean, is it is it a Swedish winger? It's a Swedish winger, yeah, that went to Michigan for college. Um, went to Michigan for college. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, 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 did, did, yeah. You, did you know that he was only drafted, I think, at age 20? Um, no, I I didn't know he was drafted at age twenty. Or I think, or maybe age nineteen. Anyway, he was he was a he was a later draft pick. He went undrafted the first year he was eligible. But yeah, Carl Hagelin is the big one today, uh, and the only one today. So oh, he is the only one. Okay, there we go. So I'm yeah, glad my I'm, knowledge I'm, was up was up to par. You know, I'm not gonna keep you in suspense. No. Okay. All right. Good. Well, again, that'll do it for this episode of Rangers Review, guys. Thank you guys all so much for watching and listening wherever we get your podcast. We'll be back, you know, a week or so from now. I don't expect anything drastic with the Rangers to happen until then. Um, but again, as we get closer to the season, as more news comes out, if anything of any nature with Kako and then hopefully a new contract soon or mod as well, we'll definitely keep you guys in tune and share our reactions when that does in fact transpire. But until then, have a great rest of your week whenever we talk to you guys again. And Steven, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers, man.